Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Give a big hand clap to those that are watching us on podcast, vidcast, comcast, wherever you are today. We are so glad that you joined us. And don't forget that we have a daily Bible study called Wake Up. It's the number one daily Bible study on YouTube. And uh, if you go to YouTube and you just simply type in daily Bible study, we come up number one through like 1,500 now. And uh, we, we, me and my brother start your day off with a scripture, then we pray over your day, and we do it about 10 minutes. It's just a great way to get encouraged, to get built up, get ready for what God has for you. So Henry and Susan have been married for about 17 years, and Henry's down at, the, at the, the dentist's office, and he's just looking at all the different magazines. But this Women's World magazine caught his eye because it says, you know, why a working woman is not in the mood. And so he's like, okay, I want to find out what's going on. And he opened it up and began to read about it and come to find out. It's, you know, they were saying that, you know, women that work full time and then come home and have to take care of everything with the house right? It it just takes them out of the mood. And so he goes, well, this is easy. I'll just simply, I'll take care of it. I'll do, I'll take care of it all. And so that night when Susan got home, Henry was going to town, man. He, he already got dinner kind of prepped up. He, he said, Hey honey, you go sit down, relax, maybe take a bath, read a book, whatever you want to do. I'm a, I'm gonna take care of everything. And he helped the kids with their homework, got that going. Then he had, he had to drive with the daughter over to the dance and had to drive the son over to the, the baseball practices and the, come home and work on dinner and they had to go pick it up and taking care of the, the three-year-old, get it all done. They gets the ta- dinner on the table, serves everybody up, they all eat. Then he cleans up all the dishes and does all of that and goes in, does a little load of laundry, get that going. Now it's time for bath time and gets the kids all their baths and ready and puts them into bed, reads them a story. And uh, the next day, Susan was telling her coworker, one of her best friends about it. She's like, it was incredible. She's like, Henry did it all last night. And so the coworker's like, so what happened after, you know, the kids went to bed? And she goes, well, I, you know, I kind of made a move, but he said he was too tired, went right off to sleep. <laughs> Come on, somebody out there. You ladies do it all. Open up your Bibles today to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, verse 1 and 2. We're in a great series called Vision 2020. Seeing the right things takes you in the right direction, right? We're all about what we're looking at. Life will always go towards what you're looking at. And so if I'm looking to the positive, my life will go to the positive. But if you're looking to the negative in your job, you're looking, in the, the worst, you're looking for the worst in your boss, you're looking for the worst in your spouse, you're looking for the bad in your parents, you always find what you're looking for. But if I learn to look for the good in people, look, to, look for the treasures in others, look for the opportunity in the midst of, of my storm, if I look for the right things, my life seems to head there. And so in 2020, we're kind of making a commitment that we're going to look at the right direction in 2020. You know, it's hard to run towards anything when I'm looking in the wrong direction, right? That's what toddlers do. When toddlers are running, they're looking everywhere, and that's why they fall over all the time. And I think that sometimes we can find ourselves falling in areas we shouldn't fall, not because God's not there, but because we're looking in the wrong direction. And the enemy wants to constantly get us looking here and looking there. Our staple scripture in Isaiah, where where the Bible says that, that look, God's says, look, I'm doing a new thing. 
right? He says, don't you see it? Don't you perceive it that there's something new that I want to do in your 2020? He says, I make wells spring up in your wilderness. I make a highway. I make a path in the midst of your deserts in your life. And see, what the enemy wants to get us to do is not to see the new things. Because if I'm looking in this direction, I'm going to miss maybe the, 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 the well that God's trying to spring up, the opportunity that God's trying to put in my life. But if I'm looking in the wrong way, if I'm not looking for the new things, I'm just looking at my problems, I'm looking at my circumstances, I'm looking at what I don't have, then I miss out on the path that God had put right there for me to get out of there fast as I can, to get into the next season, get into the next area, to be able to get the, the victory that God has. And so we want to be a congregation in 2020 that we're looking every day for the new things that God is doing, the blessed things that he's bringing in our lives, the opportunity. I think a lot of times Christians feel like I ain't getting nothing. And it's not because God isn't given. It's because they're not looking and they miss the little miracles that God brings into their day. He misses the little opportunities that seem to cross their paths. The little times when God sent something special, a special whatever, could have been a special text, could have been a special bonus, something that happened that God sent, and we went through another day going, it was another bad day, not realizing that throughout the day, God was spend, uh, sending some great, amazing things in our world. And what I love about this series so far is we can control what we look at. I love those. I don't like the things where we're out of control. I like the things we can control. There's millions of things that you can't control. There's so many. You can't control your boss. You can't control your job. You can't control your spouse. You've been trying, but you can't control your spouse, right? Right? You can't control your parents. You can't control the traffic. You can't control the Walmart person down there that doesn't know where something's at, even though Walmart's my favorite place to go. Like, there's so many things that you can't control. But what you can control is what you choose to look at. And what do I choose to look at in the midst of my job? What do I tend to look at in the midst of what my parents... I can, you can see all the worst things in your parents. If you're looking for it, you'll find it. But if you begin to look for the good in your parents you begin to see something different. You be, see something good in your spouse. Yeah, look for the bad in your spouse. How many people know you'll find some bad? But if you look for the good, you'll find the good because my life is always going towards what I'm looking at. I was down in a little place I call heaven. You guys will know it like as Taco Bell. And so I was in the Taco Bell. And I had just gotten my chalupas Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost already. Oh, so good. Got my chalupas. I sat down and I was just enjoying my time. And I said that Holly's wondering when I went. She doesn't know. And I looked over and there was a, an older couple. I'm guessing that they were late 80s, early 90s. And it looked like they kind of finished up their meal. But it kind of hit me hard because they were like, they had their hands up and they were holding hands. And it was so sweet and so romantic to watch them just kind of holding hands and they're just smiling and talking and enjoying. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I finished up my fifth chalupa. And so, <laughs> just kidding. Or am I? And so, 
I go over to, you know, to throw the trash away and you know how they do now. You got a huge rectangle tray to put in a teeny little circle hole. It's one of the hardest things I'll do any given day. And so I'm trying to get it all and I finally won that battle and I got over to the door. And this is one of the things that I have done for many years now. I like to bless people that I don't know by simply holding the door. So I'm always looking to see if I can hold the door for somebody. And it's just a way to do something nice for other people. And so I open the door and I look and here comes a family coming in. I let them in. I look around a little bit more and now the elderly couple had gotten up and here they're headed and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll hold the door for them. Had I known how long it was going to take them to get to the door, I, went, I would have went and ran a couple errands, come back and hold the door for them. It was an exhausting amount of time, but I just smiled, right? And I watched as they came all the way through and he let his wife get on through and he looked at me, he goes, you're a fine young man. And I'm like, I am young. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It made me feel good, though, you know, to kind of get a compliment. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of felt real good. And out they go, and I kind of followed. And their car was right there in the spot right real close. And he walked over, and I'm watching. I'm just intrigued. He walked around and opened her door for her. And I went, I can be better. Really? He walks around, and I don't? I can walk around a car and hope my wife's door open. And it was so sweet. He got her in the car and got her, closed the door. And then he walked around the back of the car. And it was a four-door, and he opened up the back seat door, and he climbed in and then closed the door. <laughs> so now I'm intrigued. I'm just watching. I'm like, okay, do they have a driver? Did I miss the driver? Is there an Uber guy coming up? And so I just, now I'm watching, because she's in the front, he's in the back. And I want you all to know it was an awkward amount of time that he sat in the back seat waiting so long. I was like, I, I, I got to get going. I guess I, I want to know what, how the story unfolds. I don't know what's going on here, right? And then finally the back door opens and he gets out and you can hear laughter. He was laughing and she, you could hear her kind of laughing. And he looked at me, he saw me, he goes, yeah, I guess you can't drive from back there. I'm going to have to get up in the front seat. That's funny He sat there for a long time, probably looking. He's like, okay, I don't know what happened to my steering wheel. I don't know what's going on here. Where'd my wife go? Where? I don't know what's going on. And it made me think, <laughs> how many times in life the devil wants to get us to sit in the back seat and wondering why our life's not moving? and why I'm not headed in the direction that I want to head. Come on, somebody out there. It's time that we get up into the front seat and begin to control what we have the power to control. That in 2020, I'm not going to let my vision go wherever it wants. I'm not going to let it just see whatever it wants to see, but I'm going to drive my vision all throughout the day. I'm going to say, no, we're going to see the good. We're going to see the positive. We're going to see the great things in life. I'm going to focus on these great things. And as I begin to focus on the good stuff, my life begins to head into the area of the good stuff. Remember that Jesus said last week in, in Matthew 6 and 7, he says, seek ye first the kingdom. He says, look first. The first thing you do is look to the kingdom. Then all the stuff is added. We look for the stuff and then wonder why I don't get the stuff. He says, stop looking for the stuff. Look first to the kingdom. And when I look in the manner in which the kingdom teaches me to look, all of a sudden, all the stuff begins to come into my world and come into my life. We got to look. And you know, here's the thing. The enemy knows the power that you have in what you see. 
in what you allow yourself to look at. And so he spends so much time getting you to look in different directions, looking at different stuff, looking all over the place. If he can get you looking somewhere else, you'll miss the well that God springed up. If he can get you to look at the hurt and the pain, you won't see the healing that is available. If you look at the doctor report, you won't see the miracle that God has in front of you. Whatever you look at, and what I have found anytime that I'm meeting with somebody and things aren't going good, the main goal of mine is to get them looking at something different, right? In a marriage, a marriage is struggling because, not because I don't have two great people in front of me, but because the enemy has convinced them to look for the wrong things in their spouse. And if I can get them to see the good, that's one of the first things that I'll do in marriage counseling. Say, write down all the things that you, you love about that person. And they're like, well, I, I thought I was going to get to tell you all the things that I don't like. I thought that's what we're doing today. No, those are easy. Anybody can find them. Let's find the great things and focus on the good stuff. And in the beginning, it's hard. They're like, well, I don't know. Right? And then as they begin to write, oh, I like this. I like that. I like this. Good. We got your head in. Right? If, you, if I meet with a troubled youth, my goal is, is for them to see the good. If I can get them to see the good, I can change their youth life around. Right now, they're focusing on what they don't have and what they ain't got and what the bad things of life and the things their parents aren't doing and the things that aren't going right. They're focusing on all that they don't have. But if I can sit down with you for about 15 minutes, I can show you the good things that you do have and the good things that are up in front of you and the promises that God has put inside of you. Come on, the gifts and the talents that you have, that you were made in God's likeness and image. But the devil tries hard to get you and I to see the negative. If he gets you to see the negative, then he's winning. And you look through the Bible, and I felt like this last week as I'm studying this, a great revelation to me was coming that as you go through the Word, you find that the enemy throughout all the Bible stories is trying to get people to look in the wrong direction. He gets Cain to look at what he does not have, and then he does that with Abel rather than look at what he does have. Right? You got Moses who is looking at the whining of the people and not able to see past that and see the good in the people. And because he got focused on the negative of the people, it kept him out of the promised land. When the Israelites reached the promised land, right, they saw the wall, they couldn't see the promise. And because they couldn't see past the wall, they couldn't get into the promised land. But Joshua and Caleb said, now wait a second though, if you guys look past the wall, God God's promises are real. They are there. If we'll just look at what God has, if we stop looking at the problem and look at how God has always come through for us over and over and over again, then we can get into, come on, we can get into the promises that God has. All of Israel looks at the giant, but David shows up and he looks at the opportunity. Samson, the most powerful, strongest, and I say powerful, I mean the strongest man to live on the earth, with such a gift and a talent, was able to be greatly limited because the enemy was getting to look for the wrong things in life. And if you can get him looking for the wrong things, you can get him off of the course of the purpose and the destiny that he has for him. But then we see something different happen when Jesus shows up. But you know what? The same trick that had been working for thousands of years, the devil tries the first thing to get Jesus to look at the wrong stuff, doesn't he? Takes him right when his ministry starts and says, look what I can give you. Look what you can have. Look what's missing in your life. I can give you all of this opportunity. But Jesus says, no, no, no. I don't look to where you say to look. I'm going to look to the Word of God and what God says that I can have. This is where I'm going to look today. Come on, somebody out there. I'm going to seek ye first. 
the kingdom of God. I was talking to my mama. Mama makes life fun. I did. She just does. And this is a, this is a new story. And we're trying to come up with a, a date. Uh, I think it was, for, I don't know what it was for, for speaking or something. And uh, she needed to look at her calendar. And so we're talking on the phone and she goes, all right, well, let me go find my calendar real fast. And so when she said that, it didn't hit me strange that her calendar is on her phone. I, I figured she keeps a calendar like a lot of, I don't know. I don't, under, I don't know where she, get, maybe she has an old cat's calendar that she uses, you know, the paper when you flip up. Maybe she makes marks on a tree. I don't know what my mom does for a calendar. I don't know what baby boomers do, right? And so she off, she goes looking for her calendar. And she's looking around. I hear she's like, oh, it's not here. It's not there. It's not anywhere. And I, she's it's like, you know what? I, I, I don't know. And so she goes in and she asks my dad, and I, I'm not paying attention. She's like, have you seen my phone? And so, <laughs> no, this is even funnier. And my dad looks up, he, he's like, no, I haven't seen your phone. <laughs> she, she says, let me borrow your phone and I'm going to call my phone <laughs> so I can find it. She gets my dad's phone punches in the number to find her phone, right? And then all of a sudden she says to me, she goes, hold on, somebody's calling me. <laughs> she looks at her phone, and then she looks at my dad, she goes, why are you calling me? And then it all hits her hard, and we laugh hysterically. <laughs> you know, the devil, even though you've got God's promises right here, wants to get you to look here, and look there, and look everywhere, and you're looking for what the world has to offer, and you're missing the very blessings that are right in your hands. The very thing that God has given you is right there and available. Tried everything the world says to find it. And God says, if you'll just seek ye first the kingdom, these things will be added unto you. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, we are surrounded by such great cloud of witness. Let us throw off everything that hinders us, blah, blah, blah. And let us run. Somebody says run. <laughs> With perseverance, the race marked out for us. Go. Fixing our eyes on what? You know, if I'm not looking where I want to go and I run, I'm making for trouble. He says, you know, you want to run? You've got to fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorned his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne. He said, so even when Jesus, who has to go to the cross, he was able to endure it because he looked past the cross to the victory. He looked past the pain to the victory, to what's going to happen a few thousand years from now at the 11 o'clock service in Arizona. Arizona, when people get a revelation and a saving knowledge of Jesus and the eternity change, he was able to look fast. For some of you who are sitting here today, he was looking to today for the victory that was ahead past the cross. What the enemy wants us to look is the pain and not to see past the pain into the victory that has. If he can get you focused on the negative, get you focused on the wrong, then you and I can't run to the promises that God has. Write down number one, look like Jesus. 
I like that. Look like Jesus. That looked like, but I look like Jesus looked. How many people know that Jesus saw things differently than anybody around him? And my goal for the rest of my life is I really want to look the same way that Jesus looked. I want to see things the same way that Jesus saw. I want to see people the same way that, that Jesus was able to see. See, when blind Bart, Bartimaeus showed up, the disciples saw something annoying that was trying to take Jesus' time. Jesus saw a miracle and a healing that was available for Bartimaeus. When 5,000 people didn't have food, the disciples saw a distraction. They saw the lack. They wanted to send the people away. But Jesus saw a miracle of abundance that could happen with just a couple of loaves of fish or some fish and a couple of loaves. See, Jesus saw things differently in every circumstance in life. When, 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 the, when they, the Samaritan woman who the disciples saw as someone, we don't talk to Samaritans, right? That's not, our, that's not who we talk to, right? That's not what we do. Jesus, come on, let's get you away from here. Jesus saw past whatever sin and junk that she had in her life, and he saw a woman that was going to get an entire town saved. He saw something different in this woman that nobody else could see. See, I want to be a person that sees different things in people that God has placed in my past. I want to see the treasure that is inside of them. I don't want to see the junk that everybody else sees. I want to see the gifts and talents that God has put inside of them. Because when I see the good, see, all, all the, 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 the Pharisees of the time, all they could do is look at the sin that everybody had. Look at this person's sin. How come you're going to Zacchaeus' house? He's got all of this sin and this junk. And Jesus doesn't see the sin. He sees a child of the king with a purpose and a destiny that has something on their life that they can do to add to this world. And when I see the good, you know what rises to the top is the good. If you look for the worst in people, how many people know you'll always find it? But if I look for the best, I always find it. That God has placed good in every single person that is around us. Every person that is in our world. And if we live a life of looking like Jesus looks, then we'll begin to see what Jesus saw. We'll see some great things come forth. We'll see some amazing things that happen. And I want us as a church to look to the good. No matter what was going on, what did Jesus see? He always saw the good, right? He always saw it. The Pharisees always saw the negative. They always saw the bad. They saw the sin, the judgment, the condemnation, everything everybody did wrong. But Jesus, in every instance, he was always able to see an opportunity. They saw a dead girl. He saw a sleeping girl who just needed a little miracle in her life. They saw Lazarus, who's also dead. He's like, oh, it'll be all right. Once again, another opportunity. Everybody continued to see the problem. Jesus always saw past the cross to the victory that it was up ahead. Imagine a life of 2020 if you and I can see every single circumstance as an opportunity. Come on. Every single thing. We were able to look through the eyes of Jesus Christ and fix our eyes on Him, what that can do for us. I, in 1986... I believe still today that me, George, and Troy invented the circle game. And if you don't know what the circle game is, that's the game where my goal is to get you to look at the circle. If I can get you to look at the circle, anybody remember what happens? I get to punch you as hard as I can in the arm. Did you guys know this, right? Now, I know that and this game was reminded to me. It came up again. It was in Malcolm in the Middle. And when that showed up, I'm like, oh, my God, they stole my game. They owe me money, right? Now, if you look on the internet, Wikipedia says that it was invented in the 70s by some guy who stole my idea, but that's all right. I'm not into that. 
right? But then it showed up in the press just a few weeks ago uh, because it's interesting. This, uh, oh, let me get the name right of, the, of this group that did this. It's called 4chan. And what their job is, there's underground little place. And what they want to do is make the news media look like um, they're not that intelligent, right? That's what they're doing. Their whole goal is to put something out there and make a rumor up that the news media will bite on and then go, right? And so the news media bought on the fact that they thought that this was racist, because that's what they put out there. The sign OK is racist. It's been around for probably thousands of years, but who knows? And so the news did it, and you probably saw, if you saw it, it was only on for half a day, then they pulled it because they found out that it's not racist and they had been duped, right? That's kind of funny, right, isn't it? It's just a game. We invented it in the 80s, but anyway. Because you know what, and I'm going to hit the news just a little bit. I think people know that the news is only looking for the worst in people, the worst in our economy, the worst in our life, the worst in our world. That's all they're looking for. And you know, when you look for the worst, you always find the worst. And so we would play this game. Now, my buddy uh, George was the master of the game. He was the master. He gets you all the time. So he you know, he'd sit around. He's like, oh, I spilled a shake all over my pants today. And so he's like, this stain. And you'd, everybody look. And everybody, like five of us. He's like, got you all. And he get to give us all a big old George punch right there. He's like, oh, my God, what is that up in the sky? And you look. And you're like, oh, George, dang it. And you get another punch from George all the time. He got the entire class and Miss Caselic's class to look at the board. He's like, he was doing a problem. He's like, all right, look at this. And then we all looked at it. He's like, got you all. And he got us all. <laughs> After class, taking our punches, right? Here's what I want to say. Number, uh, write down number two. What you look at makes you feel dot, dot, dot. I want you to know that the enemy has his own circle game that he's trying to make, right? He's trying to get you to look here. He's trying to get you to look there. How I know, and I want you to leave with this, how do I know that I'm not looking at what God has for me, but instead I'm looking what the enemy has for me, is by how it feels. How many people know that when I look at something the enemy wants me to look at, it feels like a George punch to my soul. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel the way that it should feel. But when I look at the things that God wants me to look at, it feels right. It feels good. When I find the good in something, when I find the good in somebody, when I find the good in my job, it feels differently than when I look to the negative things. And what I want us to do is not allow the devil to George us in a sense and get us looking in the wrong directions to the wrong circumstances to the wrong things in life. How do I know I'm looking there, Pastor? Because of how it feels. And so when the enemy gets you and he pulls it up and he's like, uh-oh, here you go, right here. Here it is right here. There you go. Look what they have. Look what they got. How come they got that? How come I didn't get that? I don't even understand it. And how come she got the man, right? We both single. Really, she finds the man. She doesn't even live her life right. I'm living a whole lot better. She ain't even, she's a hoe. And I don't even know. Oh, you know you said that. I didn't make that up. One like I just made that up. You said that in conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry, Holly. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> right? But here's what God says. God says, stop looking at what the devil's point at and go look at what God has given me back. This is what God has for me. These are the blessings that I do have. These are the gifts that I've been given. I've got some good things too. If I get focused on what everybody else has, how many people know I'll never see what God has given me? Look what they did. 
Mm-hmm. Look what they did. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I don't do that. That's, that's what they do. Let me tell some people. See, he wants to get you to look and judge other people and see what they're doing and what's wrong in their life. But instead, God says, look what Christ did. God died on the cross for every one of their sins. Let me see what Christ has done for them. Let me walk in some grace. Let me walk with some of that. Well, what they said about me. See, the enemy wants you to Focus, somebody said something in the office, somebody said something. And so get you focused on those words. Some words that maybe happened 5, 10, 15 years ago said about you. Get you focused on that. But what about what, what Christ says about me? Come on, somebody. I'm a victor. I made his likeness and image. God said a whole lot of good things about me. But if the enemy can get you focused on what somebody else said about you, you'll forget about what Christ said about you. And whatever you believe and look at is what is true to you. If you believe your third grade teacher says you're not smart, how many people know you'll act like you're not smart? But if you believe in God that says, I've given you the mind of Christ, I am smart, I am intelligent, I am, I am, I'm a genius is what I am, then I'll be a genius. See, if he can get you to believe the doctor report, just look at that, then you'll miss out on God's report. And God says, come on, you got to focus on my report that I have for you. I was, and when I first looked at it, I'm like, what is that? It's an eye. I forgot. <laughs> it threw me off. <laughs> if he can get you to look at the negative, how many people know that you'll miss the positive? Come on, you'll miss the positive things. If he can get you to look at your failures. Right? Do you know I have no failures in my life? No, I do not fail. Now watch this though. Now pause for a moment. It doesn't mean that I don't get knocked down. But a failure is only if I stay down. If I get back up, it's not a failure. Because oh, I may be knocked down seven times. How many people know I will arise? And I will arise. And I will arise. And every time that something doesn't go my way, I learn something from it. I grow from it. Come on, somebody out there. I've, I'm different. That's all right. I started 15 companies. I only got one left. How many people know that I fell down on some companies, but everything that I learned from the 14 companies that didn't go the direction I want is what helped me create the company through Christ Jesus that God has for me today. See, the failure thing. I can look at the hurt, or I can look at the opportunity to love somebody. How many people know somebody, come on, somebody may hurt, but I can look past the hurt to the opportunity to love. I can look at the problem, or I can look at the solution. I can look on the socks on the floor. No, this is Holly's teaching, and she's got an incredible marriage teaching out there. Because the socks on the floor used to bug her, but she decided that she would look at an opportunity to love. So you can look at those socks on the floor that he has left there day and night for the last 17 years as his way of not loving you and not caring about you and not giving right about you. Or you can look at it as an opportunity to love them in the midst of that. See, it's how you look at it. You can look at the negative or the positive. Well, if I, if, I, if, I don't, if I don't go off on him, he'll never change. Well, he went off on 17 years, he didn't change. So I, that, that method's not working. But it goes for men and women. You can look at the things that she does or the things that he does, or you can look past it at an opportunity, right? right? You, you, you go off, they're going off on you. They're mad and they're upset. And so you can go off back on them and go, how dare you talk to me that way? Or you can look at an opportunity to love the person that God has brought in your life and go, you know what? 
I've been mad too. I've been upset sometimes too. I've said hurtful things too. And I'm not going to get mad about this. I know that something's bothering you. And so I'm going to be someone in your life that loves you in the midst of your tirade. Come on, somebody out there. How many people need somebody to love them in the midst of their tirade? And so I want you and I this year, number three, and we'll close with this last one. Take me uh, one minute. Number three, stop looking and the devil gives up. See, no, it was good. No, no. So George got to the point about a week of getting my arm sore that George said, hey, look. And I just wouldn't look. I would look in my peripherals, and that's a whole teaching. Of you can look in your peripherals and not look. How many people know that we still need to look in our peripherals, right? We need to see that I don't want people walking all over me and treating me like garbage, right? That's not what I'm talking about. So I can still look in my peripherals, but I can still choose on what I'm seeing. And so George said, look at this, look at that. And before long, he just give up. Because it wasn't worth his time. He could find somebody else to get looking, looking at those things. See, when the devil keeps saying, hey, look at what they got. Hey, look at the negative. Look at the failure. And you keep not looking and keep not looking. Finally, how many people know that by the end of this week, the devil just goes, all right, that ain't worth my time. Come on, somebody. It ain't worth my time. They seem to just see Christ Jesus. They seem to see the positive. They seem to see the good and everything else. So I got to go spend my time somewhere else. And I want us as a church... Give me one week, one week where you say, I'm not looking at a single thing the devil tells me to look at. I'm going to look only in the pure, the holy, and the praiseworthy things that God puts in front of me. I'm going to perceive the new things that he's doing. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we're going to continue this conversation on our daily Bible study. You can go to YouTube and type in daily Bible study. We're the number one daily Bible study in the world on YouTube. And we're going to continue this conversation. We do a morning scripture. We pray every day. It's maybe 10, 12, 15 minutes long. Yeah. Subscribe to it. You're going to love it. We've got our Married for Life book out there. You know, me and Holly found out that, you know, what destroys relationships? Fights. And you know what? There's a way to get in and out of arguments in less than five minutes and get rid of 98% of all the fights that are going on out there. So, you know, imagine if you got rid of all those fights. Well, how do I do that? How do we get rid of the dumb fights and then be able to get in and out of fights in five minutes? And if you enjoy my stories, every chapter has some of me and Holly's dumbest fights. We fought over <laughs> potato salad, flip-flops. I love it. You name it, we have. And so you can get this on Amazon. Just type in Married uh, for Life and Scott Anderson. You see all the books that I have. We want to spend a moment, and if you're watching this and you're not saved and you don't know where your eternity is going to end up, it's so simple. You know, it's not about rules. It's not about religion. It's not about following a set. It's all about believing. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're saved. Simple, easy. Say this prayer after me. Believe in your heart and you have it. Everybody say, Dear Father, I ask you right now, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all of my sins and was raised from the dead. I believe that Jesus is the Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. You're saved. Amen. Well, if you want, we would love to have you partner with us in what we're doing. You know, this word that Pastor Scott's preaching, it's going all over the globe, the daily Bible study as well. And you can be part of what we're doing around the world. So I just encourage you, visit wakeuptv.tv. You can donate right there and join the team of believers that are making a difference. And if you don't have a church home, find one. It's so important to a great life that you are planted in the house of the Lord. Remember that this is the day that the Lord hath made. Come on, let's rejoice and be glad in it. See you next time.